Hello everyone, and welcome to part two of the Bioshock 2 episode. about how we felt about the game mechanics and the world as a whole so you might want to listen to that if you're going to listen to this this time we're going to go over story and final thoughts and inevitably some comparisons with bioshock one so with me today is same as last time luke hello craig hello and mike hello 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 <laughs> no sorry i'd etched my beard while i said hello so I thought, for the edit, I'll say another hello, mm. so that you can chop in the hello without me matching my beard. I'm just going to keep everything you just said as your hello. Yeah, yeah that'll work. <laughs> not to mention he's humble bragging that he has a beard. Not cool, Craig. If you want to tell us you have a beard, just say, guys, I have a beard. Either that or maybe Craig's just forming this very sensual mental picture for the listener. And this week mm. we learned he has a beard. Oh, jeez, he made me laugh so much that my microphone nearly popped off my six-pack. Six <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, story, gentlemen. I want to talk story because this is one of my favorite stories in video games. Like, hands down. So, what do you guys think of the story? Like, broad, broad overview. What story, Dave? What do you mean, what story? This is a great story, <laughs> and... I, I'll save it for later, but it, it's great because of what it does, not because of what it says. So, as we said last time, the baseline story is you're trying to get back to the little girl that you were imprinted on as a big daddy. Now, let's talk number one, gentlemen. What was the guy's name? I can't remember his name. Johnny Topside? No, not Johnny Topside. The, um, your <laughs> atlas for this game. Gil, Gilbert Alexander. Sinclair. Alexander. No, yeah, yeah, Sinclair. Yeah, Alexander was the mustache. Oh, yes, yeah, August, Augustus Sinclair. Augustus Sinclair. You're close. When I first heard his voice, I thought, oh my God, we've got another Irish Atlas here, and halfway through the game, he's going to go, <laughs> I'm Frank Fontaine. <laughs> so, gentlemen, where, where did your loyalties lie? Are you a Fontaine man? Are you going to hang out with Mr. Sinclair? Mr. Sinclair every time. That's that's seriously, seriously solid voice acting there. It's fantastic. Okay, so totally on point. So in terms of of accents, what's better? I mean, the the old Chicago Fontaine, that's terrible. Do Irish Atlas or Deep South Sinclair? Uh, Deep South Sinclair for me, because Irish Atlas sounded like someone Trying to speak Irish. Do you know what I mean? Like Whereas Tom I'm Cruise not familiar away. with. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But I'm not like. I'm not familiar with the, the lingo over there or the dialects over there. So Southern drawl just sounds ace. <laughs> if that okay. makes any sense. I quite like Sophia Lamb's accent. 
Oh, why you gotta go for that third wild card? Jeez, man. <laughs> You're the guy who that votes libertarian. That wasn't the question. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> so, so that's not the question, though. Craig's right. Are you a Sinclair or an Atlas man? Um. Yeah, Sinclair. Yeah, definitely. Oh, right. I'm definitely an Atlas man. Oh, oh really? Yeah. I, d- I don't know where this... I, I don't mind it. I like his accent. I think it's cool. I think it's all right. And it's pretty much the basis of where the Sinclair character is coming from in, in this game, because you think he's going to be Atlas. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's definitely. So when were you guys expecting him to backstab you? I thought when he got... <laughs> do you know what? When you got to the monorail... And he runs on to the monorail car. I thought that bastard's nicking the monorail. Oh, that's he? what I thought He's too. Yeah. Nick the monorail, and that's it. And I was surprised that he didn't. At that point, I knew he was all right, but I thought he's nicked that monorail car. What a gimp! I actually like that they kind of subverted it the whole time, and he never really backstabs you. He's a kind of a decent mm-hmm. guy all the way through the game, even mm-hmm. when he gets it can turned. Can only be done on purpose. It can only be done for the fact that you're so busy figuring out when he's going to backstab you that you don't notice everything else. You know, like yeah. everything else surprises yeah. you and you're like, oh, you know, it's, it's always Yeah, there. every time I he's like all it. like, you might want to do this, it's probably for your own good. You're like, yeah, yeah, I know it is. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like listening to every word he says. Is is there a, a Bioshock 2 version of Would You Kindly? Is he saying... <laughs> You might you might want to take a wee look at this or something every single time. Yeah. It was every time he talked, there. my eyes couldn't squint any harder. I'm like, I'm watching you. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Can yeah. we can we jump in on Sinclair though? Because what the one thing that caught me off from the start of it, isn't it the very first time you get the option to harvest a little sister, he's quite quite pro harvest, if I remember right. Yes, he is. Mm, mm. And that's I think that's the first thing that ticks you off on him as a character. And it kind of sticks with you for the rest of the game in a way. Well, I mean, once you even find out about his backstory, he's not like a decent dude. No. He's just very no. upfront with you about what's going on. And the little sister thing is, again, a really good part of the story. So they redesigned the little sisters because you as a big daddy see them very differently than everybody else does. Mm-hmm. So he's seeing the kind of Bioshock 1 creepy little Wednesday Adams girls, but you're seeing the redesign. Yeah. Uh, okay. And that extends into the et- where you become oh my a little gosh. sister. And oh. you see the world as a beautiful palace and it's wonderfully decorated. And then you get these flashes back to the harsh reality when you're having to pick up a big sister outfit. But that the world that the little sisters see... Is it's inc- it's an incredible touch. So that's that's amazing. Now, now, we'll I'll bring this up again later. But that is for me better than the Would You Kindly. Finally, getting to see Rapture the way the inhabitants of Rapture see it was way cooler for me than the Would You Kindly. Like if I put them both side by side, not diminishing the Would You Kindly because that's amazing. But yeah, being able to see you know like the the, the angels and the mistle bubbles statues everywhere and it, it's great. It is great, but it doesn't beat the would you kindly kick in the nuts. <laughs> the first time that happened, I was I was hook line and sinker all the way, and I will never forget that moment. That was like that's soldered into my brain of 
oh my god, that's just happened. You put the controller down and just sit and reflect for ten minutes. <laughs> Out of curiosity, did, did I, I? I mean, I didn't really notice it until I stopped and I thought about it. But there is no twist in this game at all, and um, I—that has to be on purpose, right? Do you not think Sinclair's turning is a twist in a way? Because you don't. What? Well, really... well, when he gets turned into a splicer? Yeah. Uh, I guess, of. but even while even while he was a splicer, he was asking, please kill me. I don't want this to happen to me. So he wasn't necessarily going from good guy to bad guy. It was mm. kind of just forced. But then, is the fact that there's no twist and you would have expected a twist, a twist in itself? <laughs> oh, don't you start. What are you, M. Night Shyamalan's personal assistant? <laughs> <laughs> but the, I, actually, you know, you know, the, the one twist is when Sophia Lamb goes from a kind of understandable antagonist to you know crazy scientist yeah yeah where did that come from <laughs> yeah that's that's absolutely brilliant as well sophia lamb that her character portrayal is just she's so evil yeah but utterly, like halfway utterly through the game she becomes so evil Mm-hmm. In the beginning, she's just, oh, okay, I can kind of see what she's trying to do. That makes sense. And then it's, no, we will make the perfect woman. It's like, oh, okay, that's that's new. Whatever whatever happened to Tenenbaum? Because we, we meet her at the start, but I don't remember. Tenenbaum left Rapture and came back when she found out all the little girls were being kidnapped from yeah. the surface. Yeah, but I I don't remember seeing her at the end. What what was the the outcome of that? What, in, in this or in the end of the first one? In the end of Bioshock 2. I remember Bioshock 1. Because you see her and she's a lot older. Or she looks older, but... Yeah. In this? Doesn't she die? She dies in this, doesn't she? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because I know she came back because she felt responsible for creating all the little yeah. sisters. And I you thought find she... out what happens. You find yeah. out what happens to Tenenbaum and Minerva's den. She pops back up. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's one thing we should say, guys, is we've never... I didn't play the DLC. I don't think anybody here did. No, I ran it. No, no. It, it's on my list. Like, I've heard Minerva's Den is fantastic. So it's yeah. definitely there. Yeah. But we're we're just... We're base gaming it at the moment. We can't, like, yeah, DLC, <laughs> Fog, or Judgment. Or yeah. Maybe like the that. twist evil, is in the DLC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The twist is the base game was the DLC, and that's the real game. Yeah. Okay, so as you make your way through the story, you find all these different people that Sophia Lamb is kind of putting in your path, like uh, Dr. Mustache and the uh, the jazz singer lady. Grace, yeah. And the reporter mm-hmm. guy's not really so much. What? Grace. Sorry, I forgot her name. Grace? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So first off, what did you guys do? Um, I I spared everyone. Yeah. You know. Wait, you spared you're, you're everyone? Yep. Everyone? Really? Yeah, I wanted. You, yeah, I wanted the good ending. But sparing everyone doesn't get you the good ending, does it? Yeah. No. Yes, sparing yes. everyone gets you the good ending, even though one of them you shouldn't spare makes you a bad person. Oh yeah, no one of the, the one that you shouldn't like. I saved, killed them, and then reloaded my save just so that I knew that at least somewhere <laughs> I had killed them. Okay, good. Because he's he's an abomination. Yeah. But we're yeah. talking Grace. As as Gabriel Knight would say, Grace. So Yeah. Uh Luke, did you spare her? 
yeah, I did. Um, you know, it, it, when you enter her room and she leaves the 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 key for you, she's no threat to you. Uh, yeah, and it's kind of cool because afterwards she she starts to reassess the situation, and she she gives you um some items to help you on later on and gives you some hints. So I'm kind of glad I did it. Yeah, and you. Oh yeah, she warns you about that ambush. Yeah, you're in you're in a gigant you're a big daddy going face to face with Tiny Grace Holloway, and she knows that you can murder her instantly. To be so fair, the fact that you're she was a pain in my butt. <laughs> I didn't kill her, but I pointed my drill at her face and went, "You shut up, okay? <laughs> shut up, or I'll kill you, <laughs> or I'll drill you." I- <laughs> that sounds wrong but, mm. but uh yeah, yeah um i didn't kill any i didn't kill her what did you guys do about the reporter guy because he was a scumbag right like yep. if anybody deserves it it's him is he the one who locks himself That's... in the booth thing yeah yeah he does yeah and your your whole mission is to destroy his the evidence of his wrongdoing so that he, he re-enables he's, stuff. he's the one that finds you, though, and gives you to Atlas, right? Yeah, yeah. He's mm-hmm. he's directly caused your going from just regular old Johnny Tap... Johnny Tap side! All the way down to uh, Subject Delta. Like, it's his fault. Mm. Yeah, I spelled them. Yeah, me too. It's quite clever the way Sophia Lamb does that, where she, she, she knows what he's done, and then mm-hmm. she tells you and lets you deal with him, but... Yeah, his reaction to that is great because he thinks he's been like really devious and managed to get away with it, but totally isn't. Uh, what what the only thing that saved his life for me was the way he cowers in that thing when you go in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, oh, I, I can't kill that. Jeez. <laughs> and so you just run in, you get your cash and your Twinkies and you leave him to his doom. Again, spading them. Is gonna enforce you? You hope some sort of life change, or you know their own personal reflection and personal um, no, growth. You, you, you really think if anybody would have spared Mussolini, he would have turned out to be an all right dude? Yeah, totally. No, <laughs> no, nah, no. Nah, I, I don't think. I don't think if you do what he did, and then someone shows you forgiveness. I don't think it enforces the wow. I should reassess my life. I think it enforces the <laughs> got away with it, and then you do it oh, again. Oh, you're you're just evil. You're evil, Dave. <laughs> I I am a bastion for good and everything that is yeah. holy, sir. Well, okay, all right, all right, okay. Let let's put it in ter- like real world terms, not like Mussolini okay. terms. Right. right. So, how many guys have you met? Don't have to name names because I won't know them anyway. Mm-hmm. That. Let us say they cheat on their significant other. If they get forgiven, most times they'll do it again. They won't go, whoo, wow, that was a really close one. Never do that again. Eh, if they're going to do it in the first place, that means they're just pre-positioned to go in there and do it again. But that's, that's, that's on them. I think, how many guys have you met in real life? that were responsible for your downfall and your own mutilation? And, well, it wasn't um, just yours. Well, no, it wasn't just yours. It was. It was a whole bunch of people. Yeah, he killed like a yeah. whole section of the city by flooding them. Oh, don't make me regret this now. I wanted the good ending. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I, I'm just saying we we really should stop playing a game 
Yeah. For it, that it's, I don't think you should have good or bad endings. You should have degrees, kind of like hate to say it, kind of like The Witcher does. Yeah, got to be honest though. I that was the only thing I googled in the entire game was I had hoped that to get the good ending, you had to kill him. You know, I thought that would have been good in a way that they wanted you to kill him, but no, you had to spare everyone and show that you're all holy. Had there not been a trophy involved, I would have killed him. <laughs> okay. yeah, we need to stop playing games for the trophies, man. Stop it. Um, <laughs> if it's any consolation, the first time around that I played this, I did actually kill one of them, which was the uh, uh, the great the great Alexander. Um, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure that he was even human to begin with at that stage, so it wasn't a great. Yeah, he's like this giant eel thing in a tank. Mm, mm. Kind of. Yeah. yeah, he's he's some weird guy. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about Alexander the Grape. Did you guys at all? I mean, Craig, I know you didn't because you're Mr. Trophy Man. Mm. Oh, no, I wasn't doing it for the trophy. I'm doing it because I'm a good human being and I like to think that they would, you know, t- make better choices. No, but he, okay, he's well, basically begging you to kill him, though. Like, his, yeah. his sanity that he's uploaded to the computer system is... Oh, right, okay. No, no, that's fine. I still didn't purge him. <laughs> the first time I played <laughs> oh. the game, I killed that guy. I, uh, mercy, I, I showed mercy to him, but um, mm. this time again, I didn't do it for the trophy. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I killed him this time because I, I think that's kind of the that's the good thing to do. It's jeez, put that guy out of his misery. Yeah. Uh, um, if you want to know for for full for full uh, what's the word figuring disclosure? out for full disclosure, there are six endings to the game. Uh-huh. If you had rescued all of the little sisters and still spared someone else and killed them, uh, killed Alexander, you would still get the good ending, and Sophia Lamb would still live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think you can kill one of them, right? Yeah, and it's still no. Get you the... can kill two of them. You just oh, wait, need to wait, wait. spare one. No, I thought if you only spared one, Sophia Lamb still dies. But if you only no, kill one, oh, she does. Oh, okay, I'm looking, at, I'm, I'm looking at a flowchart. <laughs> oh, <that> was... <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Don't argue arguing. with a flowchart. <laughs> okay, so what I think the most brilliant thing about Bioshock 2's story is a it's a story about fatherhood and i'm not that douchebag so like oh as a father this really no no my kid was not even a person it was a grub when i first played this so all of these choices you're making are kind of an analogy for parenthood because when you're a parent whether you notice them looking and watching you or not your kid will pick up on things you do it'll follow your example it's just kind of the way things work. And so all these times you've been deciding whether to spare something or if you show kindness to the little sisters or whether you go on this revengeful tear through the places. When you finally do rescue the lady who I forgot. What's her name? What's her Jeez. Eleanor. Eleanor. Thank you. I thought it was Eliza for a second there, but that's... that's <laughs> <laughs> okay. So once you finally do rescue Eleanor, she uses everything you've been doing as an example of how she should act when she gets topside. Mm-hmm. And that, that not twist, but revelation, I guess, was, was one of the best things I've ever seen in a game. Because that works perfectly with the story. 
the story and the choices you make funnel perfectly into where it ends up. It's got a really strong imagery as well. I don't know if you've watched the bad ending, but the the way that ah uh, no. So the, instead of um, instead of Eleanor giving Sophia a like a breathing mask, she holds her down and does not let her get to the top of the 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 pod that she's in and like drowns her. And then she comes out. Um, instead of it being all nice and sunny, it's all dark and cloudy. Eleanor looks like quite withdrawn her eyes are all dark and she looks all like really menacing um while she's giving a speech about how she's basically going to take on the world yeah they'll like never see her coming or something like yeah, that yeah is what she says yeah it's quite cool just to go back to the um the great guy that's in the tank um i don't know if you guys noticed but when you're outside in the in the water you can pick up adam directly and it's like little slugs mhm um, mm. if you harvest a little sister, you you basically you blank out while it happens, but you tear a little sister apart and you pull out the little Adam slug from that. Is that what was the great Alexander? Is that what had become of him? Had he become a great? I that's what I I always wondered too. I mean, it's very hard to tell because he's like occluded in that tank. Yeah. But I wondered if he'd become an Adam slug or just kind of some weird human slug. I thought I saw like a head in there, but that could just be you know me squinting at it. So I don't know. Yeah, I I always thought I saw a face like a sort of the scarecrow sort of thing. <laughs> because, although although at, at the same time, while I was going around picking up the flowers, I was thinking. Is he like a half hippo, half giraffe who likes chewing on flowers or something like that? So I, thought, I don't know what he is. I, I kind of like that they left it a mystery yeah. instead of you know him busting out of the tank and you having to fight it. I'm glad mm. they kind of like. Yeah. Where are mm. you? Definitely, yeah. mm. definitely intriguing. Um, did you guys happen to follow that little side story about the guy who came down to try to rescue his daughter? Yeah, and then you run into him. That was really cool. Um, as I said earlier, I hadn't quite appreciated that this was used to build up the game before. So they had a um, they had a website. Let me just get it up on my phone. There's something in the sea. You could go to this website oh, and you could yeah. like read this guy's investigation into his kid that had been kidnapped. And then in the game, it continued through um, audio diaries. So it was Mark Mark Meltzer. Um, yeah, I, I quite noted snowboard enthusiast. <laughs> I, I quite enjoyed that that whole side story of uh, and following him on his trace to find his daughter. I didn't realize that you could you could meet him later on. I I must have missed that bit. Did any of you guys encounter him? Oh yeah yeah I I ran into him. Um, his head is now a fine paste upon the walls. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I met him. Yeah, so so this a known character in the game. Yeah, yeah. Like a, just a just a general general enemy you fight that has a name when you hover over him or you follow remember. him through audio diaries. Um, and the first one is that he's traced his daughter to to Rapture and he gets there and then you follow him and he he's encountered splicers and big daddies and then he eventually finds his daughter with um a big sister. He tries to fight off the big sister and loses. Yeah, a big sister takes him to Sophia and. Uh, Sophia gives him two options. The first one is that he's executed for being for infiltrating Rapture. The second one is that they turn him into a big daddy and they link him with his daughter, and he chooses to do that rather than die, um, so that he can at least be with her. 
And then later on in the game, this is the bit I didn't encounter, you can actually find him with his daughter and you can fight him if you want to. Oh. I didn't know it was optional. Like like fighting him. I was just, yeah, it's another big daddy. <laughs> Join the scrap heap, bud. <laughs> Does he say anything when you fight I- him? No, yeah, he does, actually. He goes, <laughs> when you fight him. Stop hitting me. <laughs> How did the, um, I guess, the themes of this, like the first one would dealt all with, you know, what happens with a society that is built on objectivism, right? And uh, inevitably it'll fall. This game more has to do with when objectivism from Ryan is undermined by, what would you say, socialism, I guess? Like, kind of um, groupthink? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, the Sophia Lambs were all family? And th- what, what is the... Is, what ism is that? I can't think of the ism. Cultism. It's not a, it's not, it's not a cultism. It, it's, um... Ah, whatever. It's an ism that she believes in <laughs> where, you know, the... It's just ah okay never mind prism <laughs> prism yeah yeah prism. it's a prism prism right, so one one but anyway that's the main theme of this is what happens when those two ideologies kind of bash heads against each other and I thought it was very interesting you still find things from Ryan where he's talking about how he brought her in and you know this is what happens when you have somebody a, a kind of communism kind of socialism one of the isms bashes up against it because nobody really cared about the poor people of Rapture. It was all, you know, glitz and glamour until they finished Rapture, and then what are you going to do with all the workmen you brought down? You're stuck down here. So I I guess I kind of like that a little more than the objectivism, mainly because I think objectivism is incredibly stupid. So give me did a, that give me carry away with you guys? Give me a beginner's guide to objectivism. Uh, Bioshock 1. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, what, it, it's, what's it's, it mean uh, exactly? Objectivism is... Uh, hold on, hold on. I, let me Google it just in case, because... Uh, I can't say it anymore. The tendency to emphasize what do. is external to or impen- independent of the mind. Thank you. Yes, as in self. Everything to the self. It, it's kind of, Well, today you would just call them dickheads. But it's more objectivism is pretty much what can I get out of this? I'm doing this for me. You know, no mm. God, no no country, no government. This It's me. And if you're interested, read anything by Ayn Rand, but just don't believe it because it's awful. <laughs> okay. Cool. Thank you for Googling that for me, Luke. That's all right. I think groupism is the one you're, you're after, by the way. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Yeah, objectivism is... The belief that certain things, especially moral truths, exist independently of human knowledge or perception of them. So there. That is the technical term for it. But yeah, uh, so, or do you guys not care about those kind of grand themes? Well, considering that about 10 minutes ago, I found out there were loads of different endings to this game. And that it had all been substantially explained in what I was doing throughout the game. I don't generally look any deeper than... The graphics front. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, per, that's perfectly fine, dude. That's perfectly yeah. fine. Ken Levine now hates you, but that's perfectly fine. No, no, I do I do appreciate it. It does enlighten my experience of it. And, you know, retroactively 
things can change through uh, through knowledge. So yeah, thank you for uh, broadening my horizons, so to speak. Ah, uh, Craig, Luke, I'm 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 not that fussed about it. To be honest, I don't think it's. Oh, I don't. I mean, oh. good or bad. I meant like, did you enjoy it? No, I'm not that fussed about. It. I'm <laughs> meaning by by saying that what I'm meaning is uh, it doesn't bother me either way. I don't mm. read into it that much. I find it interesting, uh, but equally, I can just I can just crack on and play the game. Ken Levine hates you now too. <laughs> I I enjoy I enjoyed the audio diaries a lot in the first one because it gave like a great overview of how different people felt during the riots and the civil war that took place. Uh, I quite enjoyed it again in the second one. Some of it was a bit too much for me, but I think it's cool that someone thought about all these different scenarios that took place. You know, it makes the world feel a lot more than mm. it is. And you can go into that as much as you want. Um, to be honest, I think I've found Sophia to be quite like a lot of the things she says, they're quite easy to drone out of, you know, especially with a continuous like her speaking to you whilst you're you're playing through the game um mm -hmm. i found it quite interesting speaking or hearing the audio diaries from sinclair himself and the the arthur guy on like their their opinions on the big daddy situation and the the little sister sort of side of it and i was interested in you know sophia gathering the the lower workers into a group and kind of rebelling against the social aspect of, you know, the different tiers of um, wealth that was forming in Rapture. But by the end of it, it felt like it had been preached too much. And I, I kind of shut off from it. Um, so, yeah, I can see both sides of it. I'm glad it's there because it, it's it's really interesting if you're into it. And it's obviously grabbed you. So that that's super cool. And, and just... Just to play the dumb guy here, I I know um well it's not hard to play it, but <laughs> it it is quite it is quite obvious even as an outsider who's not majorly familiar with you know the whole old discourse of the game that you know that there is a sense of a bit of you know a little bit of conflicts of interest between all the different characters, and you always feel uneasy from what you're hearing through the. You know, through the audio logs, even if you're not fully paying attention to it, you always feel like there is a sense of things stirring up constantly yeah. and you know, a constant battle between people's ideologies and all, all kinds of stuff, you know, way beyond the level of what I'm used to. But, you know, it does definitely have an impact on the game and it's, it serves it well. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, not getting super nerdy here, but that's some of the reason why I like Bioshock series. Because one is a very different ideology and you see a society built on that ideology. And then two is is where you see a second ideology springing up in place of the first. And then three is a completely different ideology from the first two. And you get to see a society built around that. And so every Bioshock game for me, it's kind of like um, a thought exercise of what does a society built on this ideology look like. And that's actually a very big part of why I like these games so much. Now I'm done being super nerdy, and I'm going to say shooting stuff is fun. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's cool hearing how, back. how much that grabs you, though, Dave, because like, 
whilst it's it's continuously running through the game, it's not something I've really thought about. But since hearing you talk about it, I kind of want to go read more about it. Um. Well, remember too. Um. You guys weren't didn't grow up in a country that spoon feeds you capitalism is the greatest thing since sliced capitalism. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, you know, I, I'm. I'm always. That's why I find talking to to you guys and, and talking to Grim because you both have very different government ideology types than I do, and whereas capitalism generally leads to people being selfish and being the devil themselves, um, I find all that the government stuff incredibly interesting. Not in real life because that's boring, and mm-hmm. people are just people. But in video games, that's very interesting to me. Cool. All right, so now that we have discussed the socioeconomic tendencies of Bioshock 2, let's put all that aside because in the end, it's a game. A game should be fun. So, gentlemen, what are your final thoughts on how this stacks up against one? Not your final thoughts for the game, but Craig, I know me and you have been going back and forth or more teasing each other back and forth of like, haha, yeah. I'm going to win this argument. So, Oh no! Give me- I'm I'm not out to win it. I'm not. Out to oh win my it. gosh! You it. take the fun out of everything. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not out to win it. I think my so why for you non-argumentative. Just oh, my you. explanation. I know. I'm sorry. Just my explanation of how I feel about this game. It's and this is a bit final thoughts about the game. Sorry, I'm kind of crossing over because I need That's to perfectly fine for the purposes of my explanation. It's a better game. I think the story is on par with the first one. If not, exceeds it and and, and does better things with it. The the mechanics are solid. The first one aren't. Everything about the game, when you look at it, is fantastic. Apart from the fact that, to me, it feels like it's built on a world that was made in the first game. So I think... You kind of get, you play Bioshock 1, the first time I ever played it, I was blown away by this underwater, neon-lit art deco world, and the big daddies, and the enemies, and the sound, and everything about it was just like, wow. You get to Bioshock 2, and as we've said already in this episode, in part 1 as well, it's a lot of it is more of the same. And I, I actually I actually took notes. My notes were feels like a continuation, blah blah blah, same setting, same characters, same sounds, same music, same graffiti, same enemies. And then I was playing it. I'm playing through it. And Laura was like, Are you playing Bioshock? I was like, No, I'm playing Bioshock too. She's like, I never played that one. Okay, but how do you th- how do you think it looks? And I gave her the controller and she sat playing away with it. She's like, it's kind of like the first one. Like, yes. Yes, it is kind of like the first one. And it's just a personal thing, but for me, the the impact of that first one in my head outweighs the fact that the second one is a better game. And that's, that's kind of why I still prefer the first one in my head, but I'd much rather play the second one. I can totally see your point, Craig, because everybody says Mass Effect 2 or 3 are the better Mass Effect games, but Mass Effect 1 is the one that took me in and that I fell in love with, and that's why it'll always be my favourite one. 
you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> just, just had to walk down that road. There was storm clouds and spooky trees down that road, but you still went down it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So ignoring Luke, because that's for another episode when we do Mass Effect 3. <clears throat> all right. I can see your point. Absolutely see your point. And there is a lot of truth to the first one you played is your favorite. Not just with Mm -hmm. Zelda, with pretty much anything. But there are things about two that I think make it unequivocally better than one. The first one being, like we've said, all of the rough edges in the entire gameplay have been sanded off. Everything now works great. It's just a well-oiled machine. All right. So in the gameplay department, I think it wins. I think it wins in the world building because, and this is definitely just the way we feel. I feel the second world feels more like a place than the first one. Mm-hmm. But again, but we, we're just going to disagree on remember that. Remember earlier, we, we, we managed to yeah. iron out that you were wrong on that one. So that's okay. Oh, <laughs> we did. That, we did. Uh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Now, where you're wrong, sir, is. I think the story into the gameplay funnels into the story in a way it doesn't with one. Now, take that for granted because the thing Bioshock 1 wanted you to learn was you have to do what the game developers want you to. Well, duh. The thing Bioshock 2 wants you to learn is uh, you should be careful when you're raising kids. Well, duh. They're both kind of insipid things to point out. But the gameplay and the narrative funnel into the ending so much better than they do with one. And I'm not saying, you know, the end boss of one was bad. That's eh, a video game boss, whatever. It's fine. But I think this as a whole package, you take all that plus that sequence where you get to see things through the little sister's eyes. And it feels like a more cohesive game package as a whole than one does. That That's kind of what I just said. It's my exact argument right up until the last sentence where you say, and that's why you prefer to, but it's still... Did you know? What? But I (laughs) I find it baffling how you can admit one is better in every regard Mm -hmm. than another game, but the other game is still the better game. That's what I find baffling. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like... um... It's the first. The, uh, I, it's just the memories I have and the feeling I have for the first one was it was magical and wonderful, and the second one just feels like much better in every way. I'm going to say the same thing again, but it's much better in every way. But it's just a, it feels like a more of a continuation when you jump to infinite and all of a sudden you you know what I mean when you jump to infinite and you're in the sky, and it's mm-hmm. a completely different society. That's a huge change. And then you have to start, you know, figuring out what the look and feel of it and what the people are like and stuff. Because two is set in the same place as one, it loses some of that. It loses the bit of magic that I like, which is the world. It sounds like your expectations weren't met when you picked up the second one. Yeah. Was, yeah. Like, I mean, you no. knew you were going... Did you know you were going back to Rapture when you picked up the second one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So it's not that. Yeah. You have to you have to remember that everyone would have known they're going back to Fracture. Uh, to Fracture? To Rapture, <laughs> even. <laughs> Considering how quick the turnaround was for Bioshock 2 to appear after the first game. 
So I think that's also something that, that definitely factored in for me, thinking, oh, this game's coming quite soon after the first one. It did, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Now... But it's personal, um, Dave, because I respect you, and I absolutely and utterly, I can understand how you feel about this. Oh, yeah, and, and I'm no, not saying you know, you're not wrong. I'm just saying it baffles me. That That's all. Oh, no, don't um, mistake me. I'm still saying you're wrong, but I'm saying it in a nice <laughs> good, way. Good, 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 good. <laughs> and, and when you brought up Infinite, let's see, I thought that was a weak point of Infinite. I would have preferred Infinite to go back to Rapture. Oh, my God. Because... Because would you, you did under been, this... What? Would you not have just been like, oh my god, here again? No, no, I, because I, I think Rapture is a better place. Mainly because, I, I don't know, with one, it this is really dumb, but Bioshock 1 made a city like Rapture feel possible. A city in the sky is the dumbest video game shit ever. Spoilers. Everyone does know you go back to Rapture and... Bioshock Infinite, don't they? Yes, yes, yes. Every and if they okay. don't, well, then shame on them. I say. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. For me, I, I guess if I take that feeling and invert it, of instead of here again, going, wow, that's really dumb. I, I can understand what you're you're mm-hmm. saying there. And I understand what you are saying. <clears throat> Let us um, tip fedoras, shake hands, and wink at each other. I would prefer we could both dress in white suits, sit on a porch, and maybe share a mint julep together. (laughs) I would be delighted. Delighted. Okay, so now that me and Craig have finally hashed out the fact that we're two different people, uh, Luke, Mm -hmm. Mike, what do you guys think? I don't understand how anybody can say the skins is that one is better than two. I just don't see it. I, I didn't jump in when one came out. I had a horrible time with the audio stuff, which is like a massive, massive thing for me, obviously. It was enough to stop playing it. And the only thing I think one does better, or the two things I think one does better than two, is that I think the world feels, the level design I prefer in one, and the twist is possibly one of the greatest twists in gaming storytelling so i'll give it that but i think too on every other level it just completely blows one out of the water and i i've yet to hear i mean i i keep on hearing on forums or on different podcasts that one is the one and two is the one to avoid i just don't understand it and i've yet to hear a good argument why that baffles me too i i don't know why people say to avoid two because even if you prefer one it's still a strong game yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing is, two's a better game, and see if someone had never played them, you'd be like, maybe you play one, but, you know, two's going to be an absolute amazing experience. I'm not, like, two is a far better game. It's far, far better in every way. I think that drops it to the point where I have to, I have to fill my little gap here, which is saying, you know what, I might have reappraised my lack of love for this game since coming back to it um it's it's no surprise that i rated this as the worst of the trilogy for me but you know it does a lot right and hearing your perspectives on especially in in context of now knowing that the ending you know is so subjective to how you play the game and that it's supposed to transfer you know the the way you've been playing the game or the fact that there's the reverse twist which you know, weren't so apparent to me. It just felt like, you know, I wasn't looking into it enough, it seems. Um, 
And it is a really good game. I think I'm going to have to put it at least on equal pegging to the first game from now on. Um, but there is one little caveat, which is... This is also the only multi, uh, the only Bioshock game that I've played extensively multiplayer. Really? And I did spend 20-odd hours with it. And it is... A very, a very cool little hidden gem. Um, in terms of the multiplayer, it's it's fast. The plasmids are flying about the place, and you know it might be removed from the collection, but it's definitely you know like Uncharted Two. It's something that, that definitely should have been factored into the into the the overall game experience. Yeah, because so, I didn't touch it. Thumbs up back in the me. day. I think I played it for about twenty five minutes and didn't like it. Or bounced off it in some way. Maybe I had a bad round or something. It wasn't the it wasn't the steadiest netcode for want of a better word. <laughs> it was there. There was a fun game to be had there if you if you persisted. Yeah. Yeah. Same with. Um, that. But yeah, the, as as you know, I, I just think sometimes your memory does fail you. It's not as bad as I thought it was. In fact, it's you know it's a very good game. So uh, there you go, Dave. You can have your cake and eat it. All right. Is what we are saying is that all four of us think Bioshock 2 is better than Bioshock 1, but maybe on a personal level, something might have something might be different there, but overall Bioshock 2 is better. I don't like to do this, but if I was to give them both a score, I'd give them both 9 out of 10s. Why That's... 9? That sounds fair to me. Sounds fair to me. I'd, I'd give them 8 No, it needs a myself. point. See, to be taken seriously, 9.2. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, because because we can all granulize the game and be like, nah, this is one point off. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah okay. Guys, we did it again. Uh, yes. We didn't discuss any of the audio stuff. <laughs> the audio is great. <laughs> the audio well, is no, great. Actually, actually the, the music, soundtrack. The, I own the, the soundtrack. And it's the only mm. soundtrack to a shooter that I own. That yeah. violin, man. Oh boy, that's some good stuff. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. I noticed a, a less period pieces playing through the game. A lot of it was restricted to loading screens. Loading screens had some fantastic music playing under them, but in game there was there was a lack of great mm. tracks. Yeah. Um, if you ever get the chance, and this is like the most outside of chances, but they have the soundtrack on vinyl, and listening to it on vinyl is very, very cool. Here comes the boogeyman. Oh, That's a great track. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So. So yeah. But like what Craig was saying, I think we're all saying two is a better game. To where if we were going to go replay a Bioshock, it would probably be two. I'm also but, in that camp, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the, the, except yeah. for that, just personal preference. Yeah. So if you see people online bashing Bioshock 2, don't believe them, because it's a fantastic game, much better than 3. Well, oh, is what? it? <laughs> no, by the that's way. A, that's an we can't, argument for another We can't time. go down this. We can't go no, down this no, road. No, this is we like the Mass Effect road. Um, okay, yeah. so this is going to be the end of our Bioshock duology thing. We'll probably play Bioshock 3 at some point, but it's not going to be near as close. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. we have the rest of the year planned out, so it's not going to be within the next year. And frankly, it was kind of turning into the group Operation sequel, so we figured we're going to give it a break on the yeah. old Bioshock. Actually, Hello? 
Oh, go ahead. Can I, can I in- interrupt with a slight thing that I've only just thought of that might have also made me have fond memories of Bioshock? Sure. And it's you you know this. It's because it's the only game I've, I've seen Laura, the only first-person shooter I've seen Laura sit down and intently play over a couple of nights. She just sat at the PC in the old flat when I'd first met her, and it's not a gamer at all, and she sat and got soaked right And I just sat and watched her play the whole thing again, and it was just, it was lovely to see. Did it make you love her just that wee bit more? It did, and then I started worrying that she was going to want on the computer more, so, you know, it's like, um, No, I bought a handheld just for my wife, so I don't have to see Harvest Moon running 24-7 on one of my TVs. Oh, <laughs> it's Harvest Moon's getting a PS4 release, is it not? No, shh, shh. no, it's not. <laughs> it's handheld only. Oh, no, luckily oh, right, she, right. she has her own PS4. Like I was, uh, Harvest Moon's a great game, but uh, well, I can't watch it that long. I don't know how she does it. Do you know what? It doesn't feel like a big telly game. It should be in your hand. It should be on a portable. It, it's not for the big TV. No, uh, Kelsey prefers the console ones that I have over the mm. handheld just because again you can relax on a couch and you don't have to worry about holding that blocky stupid handheld thing you can just kind of chill and hold you know, sorry, sorry lads i think i showed up the wrong venue because it's bioshock <laughs> <laughs> no this is harvest moon uh anyway so okay. uh does anybody have anything else they want to say about bioshock 2 before we clip on to what the next game is going to be yes yes i've got one thing i've got one thing yes did anyone come across in one of the big uh, freezers that you were in a cat? Cat called Schrodinger? Yeah. Schrodinger's Schrodinger. cat? Ah, oh, that's great. Yeah. No, I didn't come across it. So you come across this cat. It's frozen. You can telekinesisly pick... That's not a verb. You can telekinetically... I don't even know if that's right. You can pick it up. <laughs> that's a word. You, yeah. can, you can throw it about the place. It doesn't smash. It doesn't do anything. But you shoot it and it bleeds... And you don't ah, know if it's great. dead or not. Mm. Yeah, um, it's, it's that means it's still alive. I will. I've, well, uh, does everybody uh, know Schrodinger's cat? Yeah, that, well, yeah, but that, that wouldn't that take because the blood would have gone stale and it would have been. Although it depends because at the point oh, of everything, for fuck's sake, are we actually doing yes? Yeah. Okay. Right. I, I just wanted to make sure everybody got. Um, another thing I would like to say about Bioshock Two is the nice little Easter egg. So in Bioshock One, they ha- wanted to have a teleportation plasmid for you to use. They couldn't get it to work right. Oh really? And so in this, they tried to get it again. Couldn't really get it to to work right with the game. And so that's why you have that that nice little Easter egg of the constantly teleporting plasmid bottle. Uh, <laughs> like that, it got me a good chuckle. That's kind of funny because you see people oh. running away from it as well. It's great. <laughs> yeah. There's one thing I wanted to add is um, I think Grim had said that the first Bioshock, he found it a bit survival horror, like a bit scary. Did any of you guys come across the bit where you come into the bathroom and you, you can hear a woman running around or doing her business or whatever it is and uh did anyone yeah, else come across so. this bit? Yeah. <laughs> what did she have a a laptop? <laughs> she had her switch. <laughs> <laughs> She's just in there ticket 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 ticket. Yeah, so you, you walk in and it, I think this is one of the best examples of lighting for me is you walk in and you're exploring and you can't open one of the cubicles and then you hear it open when you're looking away. You turn around and there's nothing there. And then you run around the corner and then she's behind you and it was like a but you, all you see is the shadow 
uh, against the wall in front of you and you turn around and there's nothing there again i'm like i can see why some people might think this is a little bit freaky (laughs) (laughs) i can't i can't say i remember that now something i would like to bring up and it might be contentious i don't think it will be but uh number well first of all uh they were completely outclassed by arkham knight and the stuff they did with your camera and the joker in that Oh, that was that was that was amazing. Anyway, number two is I noticed a lot of DNA with the story about how it worked mechanically with Dishonored because it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, in Dishonored, you don't know that your choices are going to affect what's her name, the uh, what's Eleanor. her name? <laughs> yeah, we'll call her Eleanor. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember the little girl's name, the princess in in Dishonored. I don't remember her name. Yeah. But uh, it's... Emily. Emily. Emily, there you go. Wow, both E's. Um, They're both basically the same story, which is kind of weird when I thought about it. I mean, even the plasmids are very similar, you know, with the the spells you get. That's a good point. Although, if you could somehow... Mod in bees into Dishonored. <laughs> I might be much bigger fan of it. Because, <laughs> I mean, rats are cool and all, but I'll take bees any day over rats. Okay, so our next game. Who wants to, who wants to say the next game? It's my suggestion, isn't it? I don't know what it is. I, I, I do. Oh, is it mine? It's Ratchet and Clank. Is it, is it Thank my you. Choice? It is Ratchet and Clank oh, okay. for the PS4. Mm-hmm. Yet another wonderful exclusive. Why don't you buy a PS4? Other than shilling that, um. So I think we've all had. Actually, we talked about it briefly on our episode way, way back when we did the movie episode. I probably wouldn't suggest listening to that. It's probably the worst thing in the world. But if you're curious, you could go listen to that. But yeah, I don't know that PlayStation Three ten year old episode's pretty shit as well. <laughs> <laughs> so join us next time when we talk about Ratchet and Clank for the PS4. 